Welcome to Between the Bylines, a weekly podcast from the Boston University News Service where we unpack must-read stories from the past week through the lens of student journalism. Hear how the story was made from the writers and editors who made it. It's October 21st, 2019. I'm Hannah Harn. This week, we're in the studio with Nora Datia and Hannah Schoenbaum, two reporters who work with the Statehouse program here at BU, to learn a little bit more about political reporting and how the Statehouse program works. So, guys, thank you so much for joining me today. I uh, really appreciate you guys coming in. Thanks for having us. So why don't you guys, uh, you guys can decide who goes first amongst yourselves, but why don't you guys take a second to just introduce yourselves a little bit? Sure. So my name is Hannah Schoenbaum. I am a junior in the College of Communication. I'm studying journalism and political science. Uh, I really enjoy um, political journalism and government reporting, which is why I was so excited to be a part of the State House program so that I can get a real-world taste of something that I want to do in the future. Yeah, um, I'm Nora Adatia, and um, I've, I've really just been interested in political reporting and political journalism, and that's why I thought State House would be a good program for me, and so far it's been a good experience. Great. So what, you know, maybe beyond that, led you guys to get involved with the State House program and because I know it's a program that you apply for, right? Somewhat. Yeah. yeah, kind of. So tell me a little bit about, you know, getting involved with the State House program and what led you guys to do that. Okay, so um, I heard about it a lot from my friends who are in journalism and who decided to enter in the State House program. The vetting process is more just like looking through your cover, like, resume and like some of your sample articles related to politics. I guess I submitted more of those, but... Um, it was pretty simple, and, you know, some of it also just came with an understanding of the program, and as long as it seemed like you knew what you were doing, you'd be in. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, we also met with our professor, Jerry Berger, um, for initial interviews, and he was talking to us about some of our clips, um, some of our strong suits, weaknesses, things that we wanted to get out of the program, um, which was which was nice to be able mm-hmm. to have that reassurance from him. And both Nor and I have several years working at the Daily Free Press. And I think just being there as a young reporter and seeing some of our editors and people that we really respected doing the State House program and using that as such a great learning tool that inspired us to want to do the same. So I think that that was a big reason that we were drawn to it. Great. So it's actually a perfect transition. What, you know, going into the program, were you hoping to get out of it? Um, I was trying to get out of it some more like political reporting. I know I've said that a lot, but It is something that I want to go into in the future, and um, I thought it was, I really also like local papers, like, I think that's more of an interest to me than, like, some of the bigger ones, because I think that's where, you know, young reporters like me and Hannah can get more of, like, an into, and so working for a local paper was appealing to me, and getting bylines for papers like that, I think is, like, most valuable to me. Yeah, I would say the same goes for me, and I'm, I was also really interested in learning some of the inside knowledge about the government process and what it takes to be a government reporter. Um, I'm interested, uh, because I will be in the D.C. program next year, I'm really interested in learning on learning about how to report on a legislature um, so I can potentially uh, have some experience going into covering Congress. So I think that this feels like a really good training ground for me working in the State House and getting the experience to report on a smaller 
or on a state legislature before I transition into reporting on Congress. Um, and it, it has been a really good experience so far that I feel like it's taught me a lot. Great. So I know you both mentioned um, working with local papers. Mm-hmm. So I know, I, I know at least, that part of the state house program involves you guys working directly with local papers and you are giving them, you know, they're publishing your stories. Tell me a little bit about that process and also tell me what papers you guys work with. So I work with the Daily Hampshire Gazette out in Northampton, which is in Western Mass, and it serves a variety of counties there. And the paper is really nice. Like I'm able to work with the editor of that paper pretty well and um, coordinate that with uh, Mr. Berger. So I work for the Worcester Telegram and Gazette. Um, Worcester is the second largest city in Massachusetts, um, so I'm getting a chance to report on a wide variety of issues for a very large audience. Um, It's an audience that has some different issues than Boston, but also some of the same. So it's been interesting getting to understand the aspects of that community and what matters to the people that live there so that I can best gear my coverage toward that community and what those readers want to read in their paper. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had a really good experience with them so far. I think I definitely lucked out having a good, responsive editor, which has been a concern for some people in in our classes. It is difficult to be a correspondent we're not in the newsroom. It's really tough for mm-hmm. us to be able to pitch stories sometimes or take assignments or get our editor on the phone when we absolutely need him. Yeah. Um, and so I think that everybody's had a really different experience and hearing from the members of our class has been interesting as well. Just, you know, it's yeah. it's always going to be tough when you're not on site. And so I think it's been a great learning experience for all of us to understand what it's like to work from afar and be responsible for pitching our own ideas mm-hmm. this Great. is just something going off of that like with sources too like a lot of times they'll ask me like where are you located boston northampton like can you come out here and like interview with us so i mean some of it is like confusion from sources too and so yeah that plays into like you know what sources you can get and what type of people you're able to reach out to but overall it's been pretty smooth mm-hmm. well, I-, I definitely agree with that and mm-hmm. we also have have the responsibility of localizing every one of our yeah. stories. And so even if we're covering a hearing at the state house and we've selected a certain bill to write about, we still need to be reaching out to sources within our community that we're reporting on to be able to localize those stories to that audience. And so sometimes that can be really difficult if um, we don't know a lot of the organizations mm-hmm. in our community. Mm-hmm. So it takes a lot of research to be able to gear each story toward that audience and and find people who are able to talk to us um, and work around our busy schedules as well because yeah. we're often in hearings or when we're not we're in classes yeah. and it's it's really tough working a full-time full-time reporting job while yeah. we're trying to graduate graduate <laughs> <laughs> yeah um it's i also kind of want to talk about you know covering massachusetts politics and mm-hmm. you know massachusetts government um, when you're not from here, because it can, like you guys right. were saying, you yeah. know, it's sometimes difficult because you're not from necessarily the community that you're reporting for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, some people, I'm like, you know, you're Worcester and you're out in Western Mass, mm-hmm. you know, very, you know, different distances, mm-hmm. um, especially with the idea of, you know, localizing your stories. It's It might be easier to get to Worcester than it is to get, you right. know, all the way I out mean, to Western I've, Mass. I mean, I've never even been to the community that I'm yeah. covering, which yeah. is and in Worcester's so like really out. not that far. It's not that far, but it's hard for us with our schedules to yeah, get out there and sure. spend time. And even though I've I've tried to make arrangements to make it into the newsroom, it hasn't happened yet. And mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's it's tough being able to to do yeah. that. 
at first it was pretty intimidating the fact that I like wasn't able to like re- go to the community or like really know anything about it but like over time I think I've been beginning to learn more another thing about you know not really being from mass is like through my time at the Daily Free Press, I know Hannah can say this too because she was city editor, but I I have been able to like learn more about issues maybe more relevant to Boston and Eastern Mass. But regardless, there um, I'm more familiar with like you know the politicians and mm-hmm. um, you know who would be a good source for what story. And so you know even organizations like MBTA, I'm like more familiar with the structure of that. So yeah. I'm able to speak on like some issues, but being involved in a community, I have to understand what their issues are first. Too. Mm-hmm. Right. So had you guys done a lot of political reporting and kind of maybe government coverage before? Well, for me, I th- I got started with political reporting kind of the second I got to Boston University. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I joined the Daily Free Press first week and immediately launched into reporting on the mayoral election uh, between Marty Walsh and Tito Jackson in 2017. And that was the best possible way for me to learn about the city, to learn about yeah. the people and the issues here. I, I was so nervous to be moving here, not knowing anyone coming from California and it being a completely different environment than I was used to. And I think the best possible thing that I did was join the student newspaper and dive in headfirst yeah. out of my comfort zone and start reporting. And I got really amazing opportunities because I think I was one of the few freshman writers who was willing to dive in. Yeah. Um, and I, I had great experiences covering that race and covering the debates and everything like that. And that cemented cemented my excitement for political journalism. And it's just grown ever since I've been at BU. Yeah. Yeah. Um, similarly, I'd say like I joined the Freep and um, learned more about more I would say campus news stuff there because I think I was more geared on that side but I definitely like I had covered a few like city council events and some like you know general like political rallies um I also would have to attribute some of my interest in political journalism from my fundamentals of journalism class mm-hmm. um with Professor Wertheimer um it was we had the opportunity to um cover some city council elections and you know a little smaller than mayoral but I still was able to learn about politics and um you know, the excitement of, like, having to cover for, like, an election is pretty cool because there's so many people who want to talk to and so many people that you can reach out to as well. And so, um, yeah, that also made me excited to write about politics. Yeah. So what's Massachusetts politics like from a journalistic standpoint? I know we were talking a little bit before about how sometimes, you know, it can be really confusing because you're kind of coming into a situation very fresh and very sometimes unaware of the history that might be behind something that's in um, in a hearing or something that's going on in the communities that you guys are covering. So tell me, you know, how, you know, from a journalistic standpoint, how Massachusetts political journalism kind of works. It is exciting. That's what I would say. When you come here, especially coming from where I came from, not a big city, mm-hmm. um, I was really excited to dive into such a politically active scene. Mm -hmm. And I think that the reason that it's so fun to study journalism in Massachusetts is because everything is right here. You know, you're always going to be in in pretty close range to something really important that's happening that kind of dictates the national tone. And I mean, I've just been so grateful to have covered 
Elizabeth Warren's town halls, when she does like small Massachusetts town halls, or other political candidates running for president who've come through here. It's I just feel like we're so fortunate to be in a place where there are so many candidates, government officials, and politically active citizens. Um, and in that sense, I think I've learned so much just by being exposed to all of that. And I think Nor probably can say the same thing, that it's it's really, it's all right there in front of us. And if you're mm-hmm. willing to take advantage of it and put yourself out there, you're going to learn so much just by doing that and interacting with those people. And yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would also agree with your point with like Massachusetts sort of setting the tone for the country. Like I mm-hmm. think there's lots of legislation being done here that, you know, the world and the country takes notice. Like um, specifically, I went to an, a hearing dealing with um, some members of um, Congress of Massachusetts to um, support investigation into the impeachment of Trump, and that happened in the morning. And then later that afternoon, Pelosi later announced the inquiry was happening. And so obviously that was very coincidental. But in some ways, you can see how Massachusetts does set the tone for you know how we view the current president and you know issues like abortion and healthcare. They definitely take a stance on. So journalism is really exciting here because of that. Yeah, that was our first day on the job. Yep. Wow, what Laura a first day. and I were day. at that hearing, um, mm-hmm. and. As we were transcribing our notes, um, we were also keeping an eye on what Pelosi was saying, and yeah. it was such a such an interesting first story because it turned into breaking news, and we yeah. all had different experiences with what our publications wanted from us. Mm-hmm. My publication wanted a story right off the bat. Um, I believe yours wanted they wanted just wanted quotes. Some quotes, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was interesting. We we got different perspectives through our different papers um, Mm -hmm. and instead of just localizing a Massachusetts bill for a community we were also localizing national news and then state news and then community news so it was it was a good lesson in in how to do that yeah talk about diving in kind of head first on your first day wow yes so what you know on that subject has been what have been some big points of learning for you guys what have been things that you know we're not even halfway through the semester yet Mm -hmm. really but what have been some big points of experience and opportunities that you guys have had um definitely like being prepared for news whenever it comes like you know national news does break out sometimes and like I think I've run into more instances where um things haven't oh with an education reform bill an amendment got rejected and so something that I was looking into was not really newsworthy anymore. So being ready mm-hmm. to like jump on other news pitches and having lots of other ideas, you know, in your head so that you can have a story for that week. Cause there is like kind of a deadline or, you know, a quota for which we have to have a story each week for the paper. Um, I'm trying to think of other things I've learned. Definitely, you know, the importance of reaching out to actual people as well, beyond just like legislators and senators, like, you know, you really should try to reach out to organizations from the area, and then those organizations can lead you to somebody who's been affected by the issues, and that's definitely a more compelling story to write about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I've the, the biggest thing that I've learned is the importance of preparing yourself ahead of time. Yeah. We yeah. do have the State House news source advances every week, and so we are able to diligently go through the list of hearings that we're seeing, the agendas for those hearings, so we can see what bills are being heard at that hearing, as well as the legislators proposing them. So we're able to reach out to those people in advance and figure out 
times that we can talk to them, do interviews, figure out the bills that are most interesting to us and our audience in our individual cities. And we're also able to reach out to organizations and all of that in advance of the hearing even so that we can crank out stories as, as soon as as soon as we're done with the hearings, pretty much. So I think that the biggest thing I've learned is to do as much work ahead of time as possible so that I can best prepare myself to yeah. write the story. Um, also reaching out to an extremely wide net of sources. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not used to the sources in Worcester. I'm still getting the hang of that. And so it's important for me to cast a really wide net with where I'm looking to sources for my story because there's a lot of organizations that might not get back to me or that I don't have a contact at yet. And so I think that that's been a a really big learning curve for all of us um, Mm -hmm. is is figuring out the localized sources. And also, um, I would say, getting the hang of just the legislature in general, um, introducing ourselves to the communications directors for all of the... Well, all of the... uh, legislators from our districts, but also ones related to issues that are really important to our communities or commissions that are committees or commissions that are in charge of of those big issues. So um, I think that that has been really helpful. We got a lot of tips from the State House News Service uh, mm-hmm. team. They've been super helpful to us and opened their newsroom to us to work in as well. Um, and we've gotten a lot of great advice on how to navigate the legislature. Um, and I, I also feel really lucky that um, I have a senator from my district who is very willing to talk to me, is yeah. very kind to the press, um, and her communications director is a BU graduate, and so we immediately were able to make that connection, yeah. and I, I feel very grateful for that. Um, I know a lot of people haven't had the same experience, but I, I feel really grateful for the fact that they've been so willing to talk to me. She scheduled interviews with me, invited me to her office, and we've had really good conversations about a lot of the issues that I've been writing about, and I've gotten a lot of insight about the community I'm reporting on just from the issues that that she has talked to me about. Great. So what has surprised you so far about the program? You know, what's been very new to you in your experiences? If anything. (laughs) Um, I guess just the fact, like, I hadn't always been doing a lot of political reporting before, and so just the fact of, like, senators like calling you or texting you and like being able to respond and take those calls I just think that's something that's interesting and unique from this program and they're very willing to talk is what I've realized that yeah you know there isn't really like oh we're the senator like we don't have time but like you know when you say you're writing for a local paper that they know and trust they'll definitely give you some time they show that they care Mm -hmm. which is been surprising to me honestly Mm -hmm. but it's it's really nice um Mm -hmm. that they're so willing to be open with us Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. i think and i think that's definitely kind of a characteristic of state government in a huge way i i had a very similar experience during the summer during an internship i was working on a story about youth recidivism kind of like trends of you know youth returning to jail after the first Mm -hmm. offense Mm -hmm. and i found out that in alabama there was a senator who had put forward you know three different bills to change like reform their youth um incarceration program and like kind of their youth um offender structure and how they handle Mm -hmm. youth offenders and it had been rejected three times and it would have made a huge difference and so i was like this is clearly somebody who i should call so i reached out and was not expecting to hear back like i kind of went into it just 
okay, if this person doesn't get back to you, you're going to have to circumvent a little bit. And within like 20 minutes of sending the email, I got a response back and they were like, oh yeah, I'll call you tomorrow afternoon. And I was just kind of blown away. Yeah. And, um, when I was talking to some of my coworkers about it, they all we all kind of had a similar experience where, you know, state legislators were always super willing to talk to reporters um, who were interested in what was going on in their district. And so I think yes. that that's something that um, is great about, you know, being a reporter at a state government level because people are really responsive. And people respect us generally, yeah. which yeah. is really nice because I feel like... It's so nice. As, refreshing. <laughs> I would love to be respected. Y- yeah, <laughs> as young reporters, I, I don't think we always get the same level of respect even if we're doing the same quality of work as other reporters i mean i've walked into meetings and i don't know even like with people you think should respect everybody and they look at you like you're just some kid doing a school assignment Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that doesn't feel good when you know that you're producing quality journalism and you're and you're really trying to make the effort so just having that respect is something that is really refreshing and mm. yeah I really feel that I remember I think it was our sophomore year and I was I was in that fundamentals of journalism class with Mm -hmm. Noor and I remember that was the semester I figured out that I should stop saying I was a student reporter like yeah I I, it was because that was my first I think real journalism class we took um and I was like, people aren't getting back to me. People aren't getting back to me. And I would email the same people with like just the student part taken out of my email. And mm-hmm. they immediately like, oh, yeah, sure. How can I help you? Okay. So it kind of um, changing. And I think that has a lot to do with the idea of like self-image, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm, you know, seeing yourself not just as a student, mm-hmm. but also, you know, you're a professional, even if it is just for a class assignment or for, you know, a student run publication. It's still a publication. Yeah. So you're still a professional. So I think that you know, I'm imagining that that has a, a lot to do with, you know, the way people right. treat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, reporters. even Professor Berger even told us, he's like, once you have your paper and you can put your paper's name in all of your emails, you're going to start hearing back from yeah. people yep. really quickly. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's been true. I've I had a lot of trouble when I was working just for student news outlets to get the sources that I needed. And it's, it's all about being persistent yeah. because if you show them that you are – really serious about the work that you're doing, you'll tend to get the respect, but it, it does take a lot more work than when you're working for a, a more... Low-key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It, it, when you're working for a professional news outlet that's outside of a university setting. Yeah. Yeah. What have been some of the hardest and easiest moments that you guys have experienced? I think for me, I had a story that I was writing a couple weeks ago about a topic I knew zero about. Yeah. Um, my editor spoke with me about how important um, issues are for the elderly community in Worcester. And I was like, great, I want to do something that uh, can be really beneficial to senior readers of our paper. And so I covered a revenue committee hearing mm-hmm. um, about senior property tax deferral bills. Um, there were about... 20-something bills that were spoken about in the hearing, all very similar to each other with just a few little tweaks here and there. So it was just a big mass of bills um, with some some really big language that I think a lot of people wouldn't understand. Um, and I didn't even understand some of it. I was lucky that I had a lot of sources that were willing to talk to me and even explain some things to me as I was writing it. And I knew that I wanted to write a really comprehensive article to allow 
elderly readers to understand the the mm-hmm. issues that were facing them and the the benefits that were available to them in their communities and what legislators were trying to do. Um, so it took me a while to shape the story that I was working on and do a ton of background research on the subject so that I was as knowledgeable as possible about the subject and could explain it in an easy way for readers. Um, I also worked really hard to get a a personal source who was willing to tell me her story. So I I was lucky enough to get um, a woman uh, who, an elderly woman who was dealing with she was struggling with her property taxes at the time um, and she was really candid with me about her story and the struggles she faces and the limited access within the community in Worcester Um, and so I was really proud of the way that I was able to shape that story um, using both her anecdote and um, breaking down um, the similarities in these bills that were proposed so that people could could best understand Um, what was available to them. And I think that that was one of the most challenging stories I've ever worked on, but I was really proud of the result um, and the work that I put into it, as as well as all of the the research that it took. Um, And I was lucky enough that that was my first story in print in the Telegram. And so that was a really great and fulfilling learning experience. And I'm excited to have have more of those challenges as I continue with the State House program. Yeah, and I remember reading that story which we featured in one of our episodes of Friday Five. And just, I I agree. I remember being really kind of wrapped up in the story by that anecdote from that Worcester resident. I thought that was a great, just kind of, you know, even though I am not a senior citizen living mm-hmm. in Worcester, obviously, um, I still felt like that was a really great way to contextualize that story. And it did feel very localized. So you did a, it was a really wonderful story and I really enjoyed reading it. Thank you so much. Um in terms of, you know, like a harder subject to cover, I definitely thought the breast pump legislation article that I wrote about was a little challenging just because I had no idea how breast pumps worked or like when moms needed it or when babies needed it. And this specifically dealt with premature babies. And um, I remember even calling my mom just to like understand yeah. like, what goes on because I mean I wanted to call someone who was a mother and I was like I have one yeah and so, <laughs> yeah and so I mean obviously I didn't quote her just for, like for more background as to like you know who struggles like what moms struggle to produce milk especially and um when how much is it required and when do you start lactating like I just knew really nothing about that and so mm-hmm. like after I talked to her I talked to like several nurses you know also just more for background to understand um what the what the issue is because the issue is complicated in the sense that it dealt with a pretty specific group of moms and a pretty specific group of babies as well and so um realizing what their needs were and like how this legislation could help them was you know a critical piece of the story um also um speaking to the senators was definitely helpful but I had I realized that like there was more work to be done to the story mm-hmm. and so I talked to a lactation consultant and lots of people from the hospital who were pretty responsive to me because they had testified at the hearing yeah. and so you know I also realized that people do want to speak to you and I was able to put up a story together about breast pump legislation which is something I really did not think I would get into but yeah. I realized how important it was to like women's health and lots of times when you think about women's health I immediately defer to reproductive health which yeah. I think is important and critical but there's also maternal like health and like prenatal health there's like so many things that happen in the hospital related to a woman and so that's something that you know I've been able to learn about I think 
one of the big benefits of Statehouse is that we're getting the chance to write about issues we never would have otherwise gotten mm-hmm. the chance to yeah. address. Mm-hmm. Um, it's teaching us a lot. It's also teaching me about how fun it is to be a government reporter because yeah. it's not just some boring beat where you're, you know, just reporting on, like, niche areas of government. You really get to um, address all of these expansive issues in every category of life. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that that is the most interesting part, and that's what is keeping me really interested in it, is the fact that we get to hit so many different topics, talk to so many different people, learn so many different things. Because ultimately, I think that's what got most of us into journalism. Yeah, yeah. Nor your story on breast pump legislation was also featured in Friday Five this past week. And, you know, again, that was kind of a story that, you know, I as a reader and as a as a journalist did not know a lot about. And so mm-hmm. that was a really great story to read um, from an audience standpoint because I, I felt like I learned so much. Yeah. Um, and, you know, your point about, you know, calling your mom to mm-hmm. get a little bit more context in the situation. I mean, I've definitely done that definitely. when yeah, I was reporting well. on a story about if I would like you know, growing up with both my parents working in law, I would remember calling my parents at one point and be like, hey, can you tell me a little bit about, you know, X, Y, Z? Like, what should I know? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think when you're a college-age kid covering something that you don't really know about, you know, why would you not use your, your parents? Use your resources. <laughs> yeah. resource. Yeah. Um, or, you know, your friend who, you know, studies business when you're working on a business story or mm-hmm. your engineering friend right. when you're writing about some tech development. So, that's a really great example of kind of touching on the beauty of human connection and, Definitely. you know, using yeah. those human resources. So I just kind of want to wrap up and ask you guys each to give 30 seconds, you know, elevator pitch of advice to future statehouse correspondents or people looking into get into state government reporting. I recommend, first of all, doing the program. Yes. I know that it's mm-hmm. scary to a lot of people. I've had some people who were concerned that it was far out of their comfort zone and they thought that they couldn't do it. To those people, I say, do it. It will be worth it. I think that the best thing that you can possibly do here as a journalism student or even as a new student in general is jump into student media. You might not think that it's your favorite thing in the world, but it's something that will teach you a lot. And I'm sure that the majority of people would grow to really like it. Um, I have enjoyed my experience so much working on the Daily Free Press, working with all of my fellow journalists in comm. And I think that it's important to take advantage of all of the unique opportunities COM offers. And Statehouse is one of those programs that is not offered everywhere. Yeah, This is one of those really special programs that BU has, and it's definitely worth your time to do it and to learn from it. And I think that even if you don't want to go into government, because many people in our government reporting, many people in our class do not want to do that, but this is a great learning opportunity for people in every field of journalism. So... Like I said, highly recommend it. Yeah, um, my advice would also just, you know, do the program. I think it's super important if you want to do government reporting. But also, you know, don't be afraid to start small with papers that you may not know. I know lots of people, you know, have their mindset on, like, the New York Times and the Washington Post. And I'm like, we all have to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. And, you know, local papers like the Gazette and the Telegram are great places to start. And so I guess that's basically my advice and support local journalism support local journalism i was just about to say that we are so in sync um yeah i agree like the beauty Mm -hmm. of small town papers and the fact that they are those are such a great kind of pathway into the field of journalism Mm -hmm. they're Mm -hmm. really special and need to be kept around yeah they're a great training training ground for young journalists but Mm -hmm. they're also such an amazing community resource and i think i've learned that 
by writing for the Cambridge Chronicle, writing for the Worcester Telegram, just these smaller papers mm. that catered to their specific community audiences because I think it's so fun to localize a story. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like yeah. having that human connection when news kind of seems like this crazy web of information to a lot of people, being able to ground yourself in a story that relates to your community, even if it doesn't relate to you specifically, is yeah. is so no, interesting. All these stories affect people at the end of the day and that's all like it's hard to see, but I think that's, you know, the point of like art being journalists is to like go into people and how that's being affected. Yeah. Great. Definitely. Well, thank you again guys so much for joining me in the studio today. I had a really wonderful time talking to you guys about State House and local journalism and just I love getting excited about this field. So thank you guys so much for joining yeah. us and sharing in my enthusiasm. We appreciate you having All us. excited. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is it for this week's episode of Between the Bylines. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you next week. For full versions of the Statehouse program coverage we talked about today, visit bunewservice.com slash podcast and click on today's episode. Don't forget to join us this week at our pitch meeting on Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. in Com B29. We'd like to thank today's guests, Nora Dottia and Hannah Schoenbaum, as well as our production team. This week's episode of Between the Bylines was produced by me, Hannah Harn. And be sure to check out our latest episode of Friday Five, where we fill you in on the latest news from Boston and beyond. Visit us online at bunewsservice.com slash podcast for more information.